Why do I always have to start? I don't know. You don't want to just start. Hi. Welcome to Cannabis is Spiritual. I'm Colette. I'm so happy to have you. I'm my guest here because it's my podcast today, apparently. What's my name? It's CG. <laughs> I've just been given a... Uh, I might want a new name in the cannabis space. Well, it's so appropriate. It's appropriate. Anyways, what do you want to talk about today? I don't know. What do you want to talk about today? Um, I had this thought, but... If there's anything, um, let's talk about permission. Ooh, okay. <laughs> you have permission to smoke weed. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Joe Biden. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, what? Those that are, I mean, you know, I you know, know, you know everything that's going on with, like, how many no's that we're getting from just, right. no, that's not for me. So, okay, we, we talked about the fear. We talked about the reasons why this might be showing you something you don't want to see. But straight up, like, this is not, I have, I am not religiously allowed to do this. Mm. Yeah. I've heard that from Mormon friend, Christian friend, Catholic friend. Um, and then, I mean, all sorts of excuses. Yeah. Like, just, I don't, so I think it comes down to permission. Yeah, I think so too. And, you know, the, the Bible dart, as is used, as far as, like, what validates this is, like, the, the one that talks about having an intoxicated mind, right? Or mm -hmm. what's the scripture reference? Sober-minded. Be sober-minded. Sober, be sober-minded. So, you know, when the, one of the most common conversations between new cannabis users is this understanding of, is being high like being drunk? Like, that's the number one question that people ask me all the time. Because alcohol is so normal in our culture that to be drunk is so commonplace that it doesn't even phase people's minds and it gives them a reference point for what it's going to feel like. But I would just gently and lovingly say, well, how much time do you spend drunk? You know, it, like if, you, if you're going to use this idea of permission, that you need permission to smoke weed or to consume cannabis in some form or fashion, you're putting that into, you know, putting that into one box of regulation and rules that doesn't necessarily always apply to the other thing. I know plenty of Christians that drink enough wine or booze to get them out of a sober state of mind. Yeah. So this idea of, of permission only applying to one aspect because you don't understand cannabis. Okay. It's easy to say, I'm not allowed to have that or it's morally wrong yeah. or sinfully wrong or whatever. The other thing is that... Well, how many times have you been drunk? Uh, a lot. What, what are these, <laughs> you act like these are odd questions that we can't... Are, is no, there anything we, we can't talk about? No, no, we can talk about anything. Okay, sorry. Whatever you want to like, talk about. It was, I just wasn't expecting to go there. Like, I've, I've been drunk probably a lot more times this year than you have in your whole entire life. I've only been drunk twice. Okay, then yes, I've been Once a lot. on 21 and once on... Just testing the, the fake ID my friend and college roommate made me. And Jake and I got, yeah, drunk. But never... It's not something I, I mean, I was grows, grew up where we couldn't drink alcohol. Yeah. We couldn't listen to rock music, all that bullshit. But for some reason that I never, I just started drinking coffee at like 38. So it was like, <laughs> I said, oh, beer when I was 40. But it was like, ah, I still don't enjoy the taste unless it's got a lot of sugar in it. Yeah. But the feeling of it either is not at all what it's like to be high. No, it's not. It's, not, so it's nothing like that's it. That's why I was just asking you. Do you have enough proof of that? I have, I have done extensive <laughs> market research on this one and being high and being drunk are two very different things so tell me what's colette like high and what's she like drunk um 
Well, Colette is very influenced by mm. her environment. I will say that regardless of what I'm experiencing in that moment. When I'm drunk, I am pretty, I don't know. I'm just like a, a louder, bigger, less, I don't know. I just am a lot There's more, more of you? There's more. Oh. <laughs> There's more. There's more. So when I'm drinking, I'm definitely CP? like out of, yes, yeah, it's big. I mean, I'm a fun drunk though, and I'm a happy drunk for sure. Like, I'm, How I'm, louder? I, I mean, probably pretty loud. I don't know. I just only experience it from the inside out. You know, I don't experience myself in an out-of-body type of way when I'm drunk. I like to dance and move and talk to people a lot. Um, it's definitely out of control. When you're, when you're too drunk, how do you feel? Oh, uncomfortable. Yeah. And then th throwing up? Like, oh. I mean, there's been those days. Yeah, okay. I, I like to think that those years are behind me now. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, for so sure. Then, there's a point where it goes from being really awesome to being absolutely horrible. And so then, then once you get into absolutely horrible, then you're talking into like emotional intensity. You're talking about physical sickness. You're talking about just like complete fear and freaking out. And then usually it's just like I'm, I'll, I'll cry. Okay, so now reverse that to being high. So being high is I'm, I, I reflect the energy of the person I'm with. So if I'm with somebody who's very giggly and chatty, I tend to be pretty giggly and chatty. But if I'm in kind of a more chill environment, I'm going to be a little bit more chill. But I always tend to be very reflective when I'm high. Um, I think about a lot of things. So my roommate always tells me that when I'm high, I can, I'll be in the, like engaging with her and she can see it when my brain like switches gears and yeah. I literally feel something changes in my, you know, in my face and all that. And so being high is like, it's, it's such a deeper experience. It's such a, a more reflective experience. And then all of a sudden, just like this ideas pop in your head or things that awareness comes into your mind or, wow, that was kind of a weird thing that that person said. And that made me feel this type of way, you know, like you just kind of get downloads as the, you yeah. know as you said before so it's just it's not it, you cannot even compare the two because even when you're in this euphoric state of, of cannabis consumption when you're fully high and you're giggling or whatever it's still not this removed sense of just like just i don't know to me being drunk it's like it feels destructive yeah it always does you know and so it's even when you're even if you've over consumed cannabis and you're not in a comfortable state of being where it's a little bit too much or it's a little too intense it's still nothing like what it is to be over consumed yeah. on alcohol for sure yeah i think one checks you in and one checks you out yeah for you sure. know I, there's a cafe in in la uh the first one ever that in, in the states that you can smoke mm -hmm. and so there's a bar but there's no alcohol because you can't combine the licenses and then I, it just defeats the purpose. So nor, normally in most bars, there's TV either to numb you out. There's alcohol, obviously, to numb you out. And then just just not a lot of conversation, you know, just people drinking. Um, obviously, um, I'm not saying you can't talk when you drink. But, like, the mood of this restaurant, because there's no alcohol, mm. there's nobody going to this restaurant, I think, just to check out. It's you're dropping in with mm. people. And it's mm. like, there's loud, I, I said in my video talking about it, that I'd love to wait tables there just mm -hmm. to see the interaction compared to, now I, I wait here just serving people drinks. So I think, I was just asking you not to judge, like your experiences, <laughs> like, like I've never bought you know cannabis illegally either. Mm. Uh, I did take some, something from some illegal gummy the other day or whatever, and you know, cause I know how to spot that now, but it's like, I haven't had these experiences, so I think oftentimes in the church, we'll hear from friends that are like, oh yeah, I used to do this at 17, then I got saved, and like, I can never do that again. Mm -hmm. And 
we don't have any experiences so we're like oh yeah that was really rough back then and we're just hearing about colette's story rather than like 2019 your story mm -hmm. and i think um yeah with alcohol to me we can't use if we're going to use the same passage to demonize both things um i i just i don't think it's i don't think it's fair um i just think that the the way that cannabis affects your mind it does not change it to it, it doesn't disengage your mind it in further engages your mind and yeah. even if you have even if you get to the point that you overconsume and you have an unpleasant experience on cannabis because it can be unpleasant if you've overconsumed if you're not comfortable or if you've had too much it can be uncomfortable you're not in any danger but it's uncomfortable yeah. however even in those times your mind is still opening your mind is still expanding. It's almost in those uncomfortable situations that you get more knowledge, more wisdom, mm -hmm. more understanding of yourself, your personality, your behaviors. It just kind of like be, makes you aware of the human elements of you that might not be super helpful. And so with alcohol, that like magnifies the human elements of you that are not helpful and brings them to the surface. Yeah. It brings out this ego, this pattern of behavior, this destructive, the language, you know, like think about what people say when they're drunk, like they're harmful. And so that just does not happen with cannabis in your system. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, if you said it amplifies you like alcohol, I think, cause I've seen you with cannabis, and I think it's the same thing for me, obviously situations and environment, but those all matter. But in the settings that I've seen you sitting with people in the meditation, it almost removes um, some of that self and mm, that ego absolutely. of like, and that it softens, mm -hmm. I think both of us in yeah. a way where I'll notice it. Sometimes if I'm on, a, have a gummy or whatever, you'll notice the time where you just start to kind of drop in mm -hmm. and you go from like this to just, oh, and I find myself listening a lot more rather than, you know, you're drinking. I've, trust me, I've had some Christian friends drinking come after me and tell me how bad, like, man, you're still like the slurred words with like telling me what I'm doing is so bad. Right. And you're like, you're trying to talk too much right. with alcohol, where I think oftentimes with cannabis, it does give you more of a reflective state or you're thinking, oh, I can't even get my thoughts out. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I just think there's a big difference. So if you can know the difference, then you can maybe consider giving yourself permission. Mm. And instead of going through all the passages to find out, well, where can I find this? Here's all you have to do. Like take a deep breath and just ask God. Mm. Like it's simple as that. Like if you've ever been a doctor where they're doing muscle testing or they hold different things up to you and say, hey, does your body like this? Or you can say that's all whatever you want to say about it. I know one way that I've found in connecting with God has been trying to remove as much as me as possible. And so if I'm lying down and, and, and sometimes if, if I'm using cannabis and I'm like, yeah, what's my thoughts and what's, what are his? And I need to slow the mind. I'll simply like put my hands up behind me on my back take a deep breath and clear all my thoughts and then simply just say, God. Like last night, my wife was wondering what was happening in her body with all this. And she got this crazy feeling in her legs as soon as she tried Rick Simpson oil. Mm. She started to freak out and it was like, what's going on? I was like, just ask God. And we both just sat there. And I said something to her after this and I said, 
Um, do you think it's because you've hated him for so long? And it was just like this reflective kind of space where you're just like, like, what are you getting from God? And, and sometimes the answers are right there. And, and, and we had that conversation because I said, well, I'm, I'm going to ask and you're going to ask. And, and it was just like when those things come to you and you know, like, like, all right, God, like, like my own family, like, it's crazy. Like, I know my family works at churches and if you're part of the churches they work at, like, like the fact that like I've visited my family recently and they didn't even come down to talk to me because if they associate with me, oh, we might, yeah, Craig brought drugs for the whole family. You know, like, come on, people. It's like, and so if you're sitting in some religious prison or this mm-hmm. box that says you don't have permission to connect with God this way, like, like I'm going to give you that permission. Yes, I'm an ordained pastor. I'm waiting, like, at still at this point, you know, like I can marry you and bury you. So <laughs> I can freaking tell you that like you can use cannabis mm-hmm. and you have permission. Yeah. And if you don't think that's true, like just simply ask God. And yeah, there's some people that this might not be for everybody, but if, if you're wondering and you're sitting there, I mean, so many people I've gotten emails listening and they're, they're waiting for another person to give them a story that they can take mm. back to like what, like the office to go, okay, like, and at some point you just gotta let go in your brain and go you know what like all why am i drawn to this like they say the medicine finds you like Mm -hmm. these things start happening i think the plants are waking up like i think what we're seeing in our country in our world like that's on fire i think there's a lot that these plant this they're not going to let us destroy this place (laughs) and i think as we wake up to this it takes people like us sitting here recording like we're sitting in a fake living room that we're, well, it's our real living room. <laughs> and hoping this gives you some help and encouragement to try something that potentially could wake you up. Yeah. Like come I just alive. feel like at this point, it's like, why not? Like you've tried all the other things, you know? There's a reason that, you know, if there's people that are watching this or finding this in some way and they're hesitant to try cannabis in a spiritual practice, even if you're not even uh, affiliated with a religious organization, if you just think it's a bunch of hooey, of like, oh, cannabis for spirituality, like that's a bunch of BS, right? So, but why not? Why not just try it? Like, what do we have to lose at this point? You know, the plants are waking up and the planet is gonna kick us off before we can destroy her. So I feel like at this point, we might as well use the tools that planet Earth has given us, right? So they come from the Earth and that's what we, we forget, especially now because we can buy cannabis as a chocolate or a tincture or a vape pen or whatever. We forget that it was still a plant. It still grows from the earth. It has a spirit. It has energy inside of it. And, you know, I think that at the end of the day, the permission that you seek is just the declaration of taking sovereignty over your own being and just making a choice for yourself and like not feeling guilty about that not feeling shame or judgment about that like i hid my cannabis consumption from everyone in the church world for years i was a high school small group leader i told stories from stage to 500 elementary kids you know like my sister worked at the church i was there every sunday we did all the things i was like blah 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 and I, i i hid it in shame for so long but it was still the it was the only thing that helped me I'd been on antidepressants. I'd done talk therapy. I'd done all the things. I leaned into the Lord, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I did all the Christian things in order to deal with depression, with anxiety mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And it still wasn't working. And so then 
when I just decided, you know what, I'm going to use cannabis anyways, even if that means that I will be kicked out of this position, even if yeah. they would strip me of my title as high school small group leader, <laughs> you know, like I'm going to do it anyways because it helps me. And that defiant act of making a decision for my betterment over the judgment or shame that I would fear would come from using the plan, it changed everything in my life. And it made me so clear and so aware of the deep-seated conditioning that actually comes from being in the church for a long period yeah. of time. The message of Jesus is acceptance and of love. And the church, we have figured out a way to just ostracize people. And, and it's, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. And so I walked away from the church, not because I don't love God or love Jesus. I fully am in love with both of those entities. But like, I just couldn't be in the church anymore because it felt unsafe. And so encouraging people to use cannabis for spirituality is really encouragement to take sovereignty over your being and make yeah. choices for your betterment so that you can evolve, so that you yeah. can wake up and heal. Yeah. And I would encourage you to change your language because you didn't leave the church. Well, okay. Thank you for saying that. Because I was with you a couple Sundays ago where somebody said, this is our church. Yeah. You are my church family. Yeah. Like how many meditation ceremonies have you held where we literally did one across from a church of 700 and I think there were seven people here mm. at yours, but I was like, there's greater impact here. And so for me, I, this is the church. Mm. Like the the last website I ran was Triple X Church, and it pissed everyone off saying that we were a church. Mm. We have small groups, we have teachings, we have community, we help people, we like all the things that I think a church should do. And so I see what you're doing. It's why we're attracted to what you're doing because it's like, oh yeah, you're now taking the knowledge. I mean, think about what a pastor does. He goes to seminary, gets a bunch of book knowledge. I don't think we need any place for any of that. Like any, like my friend got a, her master's of divinity just so she, she called it a theological penis <laughs> and her church still won't let her preach on stage because she's a woman. Mm. She has enough knowledge. We don't need more knowledge. Like you've taken an experience, an encounter with God. Why are people stop going to church? Because I don't need more knowledge and teaching. I want more people that are experiencing something and they're going to show me and not just tell me. Yeah. And so you do that. And I go, man, this is the church. Yeah. The, if we want to call it the new church, like it's, it's not organized like all these other places. But because as soon as you say that, it's like, oh, they don't even go to church. They just smoke <laughs> and they haven't even gone to church. Give them some more nugs. <laughs> like, no, this is church. And we are like, and don't try and kick us out of, of whatever we're not. And, and we're, like this or is... kick us out and whoever wants to come with us can come you know like yeah. that's the thing like every what we're doing is not we're tr we're not trying to create separation we're trying to create inclusion and we're trying to help people that didn't you know it's so funny i saw something somewhere and it said if you've grown up in a in a life and a childhood that has been traumatic or stressful or under abuse or anything like that when if you look at your hierarchy of needs if your physical emotional and wellness needs were not met as a child then it's very, very difficult for you to get to this spiritual element of this triangle of needs. Yeah. Because if, you, if you're worried about your physical safety and you're worried about living, then you don't really have the luxury of 
having a spiritual life. Like, no. And I don't have, I don't even understand what that means because I've had that luxury of having those needs met when I was young. I'm very grateful for that. And so I think that that's part of what has created a platform for me to be able to really dive into spirituality. But like, I think it's so important that people understand that your spirituality is, is so much more than just a religion. It's not a religion. It's, it's, a, not, it's yeah. a connection. And the word, you know, even the word relationship to God, like even that, indicates separation between you and God. Saying yeah. you have a relationship with God is in of itself saying that there's a separation between you and God. Yeah. And that's just that's just not true. It's yeah. you're the embodiment of God. You're the embodiment of unconditional love. Yeah, and I think we've gotten to this place where it's we have, like I said, these pastors preaching and we're sitting there listening to to information. You know, here at, at BizCon we're taking people and saying, look, go smoke outside, come back in our booth sit down with a 15 minute meditation with a mask on and a pillow and quiet the noise all around you. Like we're gonna, like t to me, that's taking information that, yeah, got ways that God shaped you and, and taught you. And now we're showing that to others. As this stuff catches on, I mean, w we say people are waking up, but, and, and you had a good way of saying, even with CBD. So if we're talking to people that are like, the CBD spiritual, cause yeah. it is cannabis, but how it's, so if you're in a legal market, why even, or an illegal market, and you can't have access to cannabis, but you have access to CBD, why is that even, um, all that smart stuff you said about what that does? Well, so the, the download that I got um, about CBD, it, it's tricky for me because I started using CBD when I was living in Illinois before it was recreationally legal there. And yeah. I just was like, meh, it's fine. I, I didn't dislike it. It helped me sleep and it was cool, but I, I wasn't like, you know, praising the name of CBD. You didn't make sure. a t-shirt. I didn't make a t-shirt. You know, CBD that's fine. Heels. But I was like, it's cool because we have access to it. And you know, yeah. this, I knew that, that it was going to push forward this mainstream conversation about cannabis. So I was like, it's cool. But I didn't really resonate with why it was such a big deal, but I'm still smoking weed. Right. So like, I'm still getting cannabis illegally, you know, at the time, cause yeah. I was in Illinois and they didn't have dispensaries or I didn't get my medical card. So I was still, stimulating the endocannabinoid system, the part of the human body that actually is responsible for the effects of cannabis in general. Um, so my endocannabinoid system was already being stimulated by smoking okay. weed. So it didn't have this humongous life-changing effect for me. But when we met some really amazing people that are in the CBD space specifically, and they're literally just like praising CBD like it is the second coming, it was pretty it's not? It's, it's, it's not. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it was like, it was, and, and I kept kind of wrestling with it. Like, how is this, why? I don't understand. But then what I under, what came to me was that if you've never consumed cannabis, if you've never consumed, or it has been decades since you've consumed some crappy shake weed that you got in the 70s, like your endocannabinoid system has never been stimulated by exocannabinoids, which is, or phytocannabinoids, which is the cannabinoids in the cannabis plant that inter, kind of mingle with the endocannabinoid system. If that system has never been activated by external sources, it's only been activated by your internal endocannabinoids, then all of a sudden it's like that system comes online. Yeah. Or it just amplifies what it does, which it, what it does is it creates balance and homeostasis in the body. So that's why it helps with everything from sleep to digestion to mood regulation to inflammation and pain. Like we're seeing such broad 
relief from so many different symptoms because the endocannabinoid system in the body has its hand in almost every other major system mm. that goes on in here. So if you've never consumed cannabis and then you start consuming CBD, it will feel like, holy smokes, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me because you're, you're finally stimulating that endocannabinoid system for the first time. And then yeah. once you kind of get there, then you're ready to hop up to the next one. Because I think that in order to maintain balance of the endocannabinoid system, you do need a little bit of THC, even if you don't want to get high. So yeah. microdosing on THC is really, really important in helping balance out that system. So CBD is the real gateway drug. CBD is the gateway drug. I <laughs> yeah, mean, that's, I mean, that's... That's what it is. And so, <laughs> yeah, if you're buying it at a car wash, uh, it might not be yeah. the best place to get it. But... Um, well, there's a lot of really crappy places to get it. Yeah, more because than now it's, it's showing up. You know, I was at the coffee yeah, shop. My it's dog, completely you know, unregulated. it's, it's, it's yeah. everywhere. But yeah, look into it because I think um, it's all, I keep using the word waking up. I mean, that's the only way it's, it's waking you up to what's been in front of you the whole time and what's been inside of you the whole time. And it plays a big part in that. Yeah. And so I think that's the discovery. And so... Uh, when it's still the permission and and I get I get too why a lot of people when we were at this plant medicine conference and most most people there they don't resonate or um, what's the word I was looking for associate with a particular religion anymore right because yeah some of this stuff sounds it just doesn't make maybe make as much sense but or maybe it makes more sense and so I think just the thought of like us saying it's spiritual and giving you permission to just go explore that for yourself. Like, if you're so bound by a religious structure or a group of people that don't allow you to think for yourselves mm -hmm. or try something that is legal and will be federally legal, I, I believe, I mean, real soon. Yeah, for sure. Then where are we, li like, that sounds like you're living in prison. Yeah. And so I don't want to be a part of any. You know, so I get why a lot of people then go, oh, I'm not a part of these religious groups. Well, why can't we change some of these? You know, we're seeing that with the LGBT movement inside a lot of, you know, religious organizations now going, hey, we're accepting of that. We're changing our thoughts. Mm. What I found is most people in religious circles, the organization as a whole doesn't have rules or, you know, thoughts on cannabis like they have some of these other issues. So we just sit quietly. But when I talk to staff members at churches or congregants, they're just waiting for somebody to talk about it. So by us pushing this in front of you to go, look guys, how funny is it that the people in the religious circles, you know, we have the most understanding, I think, of this, right. of the benefits beyond right. just, and we're the ones shutting this down by not even talking or addressing this. You know, we, I don't know how many guys, how many pastors did we invite on this podcast? 400 pastors on this podcast. I, have we had one on yet? No. Like, so, yes. Like, you have permission. I think we should end. Anything else on... Do you give them permission? I give you permission. I highly encourage you Hi. to smoke some weed and sit still. Like, that's all you have to do. Are you responsible just... for anyone that does now? Do, like, you feel good about that? Yeah. 
What about responsibility for anybody that abuses that or doesn't do what we've just said to do with it? Because they heard Colette say, who used to be a high school, your high school students from your church in Georgia, is it Georgia? Are probably going to reach out to me and say, can I do a cannabis meditation with you? I've actually had quite a few of them. So. You're like summer camp. <laughs> You're yes, fired. Absolutely. No, yeah. like, do you, what do you, because uh, this is a real issue. This is a real people issue. People go, oh, well, well. Like, you know, I think that people are going to take their perception and put it on whatever they need to in, in order to help them understand and feel better about their perspective and their opinion on it. And so if, 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 you, if this is the proverbial permission that you need, then excellent, take it and run with it. But if you still are more so than getting permission, I would say find out for yourself your actual truth as to why you're not. You know, like yeah. what is really holding you back? Is yeah. it shame? Is it judgment? Is it the people in your environment? Is it your church? Is it true belief in God that he's going to smite you for consuming a plant yeah. that is on this earth? And then if that's the case, then explore that. So yes. get high and yeah. sit still yes. and like learn who you are so that you can learn who God is. Because if you don't even know who you are and you don't even know how you feel, how could you ever come to have an experiential understanding of who God is yeah. and how God feels yeah. when you're in the presence of that type of power? Like you, there's no way. There's, it's impossible. It's impossible. I mean, what you, you just said, sit still. So I go back to what I started with. Put your hands up in the air, take a deep breath, say, God, what is holding me back from pursuing this? And wait, wait for it. Like, something's gonna show up. Oh, and don't second guess that. Like, oh, well, what is that? And I think you'll see something. Mm -hmm. Don't go explore or Google or find some other, you know, somebody on the internet that's gonna, because we can do that. We can go find our answer from, like, somebody else will give you permission or somebody else won't but find it from the source right. and and that you might not be ready for it you might be able to, to go you know what i have to you know what i have permission now but it's time i need some time to to explore this this the, the passion behind this this if you read the new york times piece that came out there's a friend of mine that's sitting leading a church using cannabis because he's been off all his depression medicine and yet we're in a day and age where if they put his name on that article, he'd be fired. Mm. And so that's where we were trying to change this with this conversation to go, why can't this pastor be free to explore medicine that the earth it's, it's provided for by the earth? Just, it grows. I mean, if you ever watch how cannabis just grows, I mean. It grows like a weed. <laughs> instead of something in a lab, I, times have to change. Yeah. And I think those of us in spiritual places like we're responsible for that bullshit and we have to change that that's why we're here so send this to your pastors a ask for a meeting at your church if you smoke weed and you're on to this best thing you can do for us is go to your church if you still go and say hey could we have a meeting where we just we talk about weed it's going to be legal here or this and that and the staff could sit not on a stage, maybe they sit in the congregation and some different people have a microphone where you hear stories about kids that have been smoking since 17 or people that have used it this way. Or, and we explore those things instead of just lump the cannabis users to celebrate recovery.